Greetings and salutations, family. I know that it's been a little while since season one of Modern Faith came to an end. And I had this whole plan and I had this whole timeline in place to bring us back for season two. But the times have shifted and sometimes you just have to go with the flow of time. And so we're here now. I wanted to create an episode or two. Um, as we're all going through this experience of the COVID-19 um, coronavirus pandemic and just make sure that we all have a little resource for our spiritual nourishment and spiritual wellness as we're all, I'm sure, quarantined in our neck of the woods. So <laughs> as always, thanks for being here. I'm excited to get into this with you all. Welcome to Modern Faith, a podcast for the spiritual nourishment for today's millennial woman of color. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Nichelle Guidry. Thanks for being here. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm coming to all of y'all today with... What I'm sure is a relatable feeling of feeling multiple things at one time, right? I'm excited and I'm grateful to be back in your ear with a new season of Modern Faith. But on the other hand, I'm also um, a little unnerved um, about the conditions. Um, I have been privy to... Um, uh, all the news and the conversation and have actually also just completed my first week of teleworking um, in quarantine here in Atlanta. And I just know that we are all in the throes of some major global shifts and some major global um, transitions. And I could not um, miss the opportunity to um, raise my voice and to um, provide uh, what I feel that I'm called to provide, which is spiritual nourishment um, to the souls of my sisters. Um, and so this has been a really, really interesting time. Um, lots of disruption, lots of disappointment. Um, and, you know, I think that if we're not careful, um, we can really slip into um, some really deep anxiety, slip into some really deep uh, frustration and even fear um, and even depression. And it's going to be interesting once we come out on the other side of this sort of era of the coronavirus, the Rona, Miss Rona, whatever you decide to call it. Um, to see what an impact it takes or it will have taken um, on our mental health and our spiritual health, um, on our communities at large. There's really no possible way that we're going to come out on the end, other end of this experience the same way that we were um, before this um, became the pandemic that it is now. Like this is, this is going to forever sort of change the fabric of our global communities, our local communities, and even our, our personal, our individual lives and families. Um, and so uh, 
gosh, it's, this is just going to be, and it is <laughs> just so interesting. So interesting. And like I said in the intro, like I had a whole plan for how I wanted to bring back season two of Modern Faith. Um, I left you all on a really high note. And the last episode was called The Year of Unprecedented um, Something, Manifestation. And whoo! 2020 has just decided to sweep in with her own plans and her own ideas of what she will be. She over here like, you ain't gonna call me what you want to call me. I'm gonna tell you what I am. You know, and, um, you know, there's so many of us that are like, okay, 2020, okay, I see what you're on. Um, yeah, and I, I'm... I am not exempt from that because I'm going to tell you this much. January came out swinging. Uh, February, you know, Black History Month. You can't really go wrong in my book with Black History Month because I just, it's my favorite time of year. Um, but March, Lord have mercy. And you know, at the beginning of this year, I was looking at my March calendar and I was like, oh my God, like March is about to be crazy. There were, I, there were so many things on my calendar and in sweeps, Miss Rona, and now there's nothing. And now there is waking up in the morning and sort of trying to create some semblance of of the life that I have come to know and um, in the confines of my home, which has been both a gift and a challenge. And um, I wanted to uh, have an episode where I'm kind of talking about um, the very real ambiguity of this time that we're living through. Um you know, we don't often do very well with ambiguity um, because an ambiguity, just for those of you who might not be familiar with this language, it just means um, uh, unclearness. It means um, when things aren't as clear, as focused, as defined, as fixed as we're either used to or we would like for them to be. Right. Ambiguity is um, best way that I can describe ambiguity and best way that I've been describing this era to myself is it's a time when so many different things are true all at the same time. Um, And things that are seemingly contradictory (laughs) are all true. This is a time where there are so many multiple and multi-layered, um, you know, truths that we're um, all sort of wrestling with and dealing with, and and they come and they go in waves. And some days and some moments, there are some truths and some feelings that are more pronounced than others. But um, nevertheless, it's all true and it's all happening. Um, it is true that. This is scary and this is not something that many of us have seen in our lifetime and that this is um, very real. But it's also true that 
This is, is for many people an opportunity to slow the pace of our lives down and kind of recalibrate a little bit. It's true on one hand that uh, it hurts to hear about the toll that this is taking in other places, China, Italy, Spain, Washington State, New York City. And it's true on the other hand that for many people, um, you feel like you're being inconvenienced by not having the same outlets and luxuries that you're used to having. It's true that we're covered by the blood of Jesus. And it's true that we need to be sanitizing our hands and practicing social distancing. It's true that it's frustrating to have to transition to virtual meetings for work. And it's also true that I'm actually enjoying not having to go to my office every day. <laughs> it's just so many different things. It's true that... Um, it's true. It's just, it's all true. It's true. And what do you do in a time where there's multiple seemingly contradictory ideas and realities that are all coexisting? Um, and there's nothing that you can do about it. What do you do when things aren't clear? What do you do when there's almost nothing that you can do? What can you do when you can't put your finger on the virus because it can be asymptomatic? What do you do when they are telling you to be cautious around everybody, including the people that you love? What do you do? What do you do in the midst of ambiguity? What do you do when things just are not clear? What do you do when everything is canceled and closed until further notice? I am so tired of those words. I wish somebody could just give us a date and a deadline and not some superfluous pulled it out of my ass deadline like y'all's president. But I, ooh, just having to sit and wait until further notice. Let me say that. That this is, at the same time, extremely maddening, but it's also teaching me quite a few lessons. And it's causing me to kind of think about why having to slow down has been such a disruption. I mean, for me, as well as for many people, it's the obvious sort of economic disruption because I've had a lot of cancellations of speaking engagements and teaching engagements and things that I was scheduled to do. Um, but it's also the disruption of our social lives and our social patterns. Um, it's the disruption of of so many hopes and dreams Um I've been thinking so much about the senior class at Spelman and senior classes everywhere 
who for the last three and a half years have been driven by a vision of what their graduation day is going to look like and dressing up in their robes and their cords and their red bottoms <laughs> um, uh, and, and having to get via email, you know, come get your things and go home. And the rest of the semester is going to be virtual. And we're not even sure that we're going to be able to have graduation. Oh my God. And I know that that's been a rupture to so many hopes and dreams. And I mean, for me personally, I was going to be delivering the baccalaureate address at an amazing HBCU. And I'm, I'm sad that that's not happening. I was going to be keynoting a conference, um, and preaching at another conference, I was, there were, there were things that I, oh, I was about to be inducted into the Morehouse College Collegium of Scholars. That was supposed to happen two days ago. There's just so much disruption in the form of disappointment. Lord have mercy. And it hurts. But at the same time, I have to trust and we have to believe that these precautions are being taken for our good and for our wellness. This pandemic, the curve has to flatten. And if that's going to happen, if less people are going to get sick and less communities are going to be devastated by sickness and death, then we have just got to pull back. It's it's by all... Um, based on everything that I've read and listened to and, um, you know, and I tried my best to, to kind of leave through and read things that come from, you know, reputable and legitimate sources, but there really was no other way, um, to curb Corona than to take things to this extent. And as someone who lives in the United States, I mean, we, we did this late, I mean, and for this to be something that's happening on a global scale, we're all being invited and we're all being prompted right now to think a little bit more broadly about our own personal losses and our own personal disappointments. We have to think about if this thing is impacting the entire world, then the things that I'm suffering right now, what I'm losing right now, the disappointments that I'm nursing right now is f- happening for a global good. I mean, this has been super humbling and that doesn't make it any less easy. And I'm not trying to valorize suffering. I'm a womanist. I don't do that. Um, but what I am saying is that, you know, there is science to prove that there was no other way for us to curb the coronavirus. You know, hospitals and medical systems have been tapped out and exhausted. Um, there's, well, they say there's no vaccine, you know. Um, and so we've had to kind of get real grassroots with this thing and just stay home. And um, I hope that we're staying home. Are y'all staying home? Because I hope y'all are staying home because we all have a part to play in this. Like, stay home. Like, I'm trying to have a summer 2020. (laughs) 
Um, stay home, please. And so I wanted to come and I wanted to do this episode of Modern Faith because we're all living through ambiguity. We're all living through this feeling of having been uprooted, this feeling of having had our lives um, kind of in some ways taken away from us um, in many senses, right? And um, we're all having to cope. And I wanted to just kind of talk through how we can cope. Um, What are some strategies for spiritual wellness um, in this era of ambiguity and this era of COVID-19? And so a couple of things. I want to, first of all, lift up the difference between staying informed and becoming intoxicated. Um, I think that there is, uh, we all have a duty to acknowledge the reality that we are living in right now. And part of that acknowledgement is staying informed. Um, You know, I think a lot of us for a little while were a little um, hesitant to take this seriously But what we saw, and I'm going to make this personal, I was hesitant to take it seriously. And I've had to repent because it wasn't until this thing started creeping closer and closer and closer to home that I decided I was going to take this seriously. And I had to repent. I had to say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for not taking it seriously when it was massively impacting our brothers and sisters, our kinfolk in China. And in Italy, especially in Italy, because I've I've been to Italy several times. I have got friends and people I consider friends who feel like family in Italy. Forgive me, God, for not taking it seriously when it was in other parts of the world. We often we often do that. And sometimes it takes things coming close to home and sometimes it takes things hitting us personally and intimately for us to start taking um, the news and taking the precautions seriously. But I'm going to say this. Ever since I started taking it seriously, please believe I'm washing my hands about 50, 55 gazillion times a day. I'm carrying hand sanitizer in my purse, in my pocket. There's a pack in my car. I went through my house. I went through every old gym bag, every purse, every conference tote bag. Y'all, I found me about eight bottles of hand sanitizer <laughs> just in my house because it's serious. Disinfecting wipes. And finally, you know, when Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms told us like, y'all just need to stay home. Trust me, I'm home. Um, Unless I have to go to the grocery store or unless I'm spending time with my family. And even that's been different because we're practicing forms of social distancing when we're together as a family, you know? Oh man. And so part of what our responsibility here is to stay informed. What are the recommended precautions? What um, are the what are the local mandates in terms of staying at home and being inside by a certain time? Um, We have to stay informed. 
And so what that looks like is that maybe I'm checking the news once in the morning, maybe once in the afternoon. Therapy for Black Girls, their latest episode had an awesome um, recommendation of, you know, in our communities and our families, maybe designating one person, a different person a week as, you know, the one who tells us the news. Um, And they share it one time a day. And after that, we're doing the best to go on with our lives because there's so much information out there and so much of it is misinformation and false information. And the irony is that most of this false and fake news is coming from the president himself. (sighs) Lord have mercy on this country. And so we have to stay informed and we can find these creative sort of ways and put limits and boundaries on how much information we're taking in, because what we don't want to become is intoxicated. And um, we don't want to become intoxicated by the news. And I'm going to draw this metaphor. You know, we, um, you know, you've been to happy hour. You were once eight, you were once 21 and, you know, turns up for your birthday. You know what it feels like to be drunk. And, um, you know, when you become intoxicated, when you become inebriated, when you've passed your limit, you know, you start acting outside of yourself a little bit. You know, you start saying things you might not normally say. You start your, you, you, you just come a little, you come outside of yourself. And depending on the extent to which you are drunk, <laughs> um, your level of drunkenness, you know, the further and further away you get from, you know, your center, your core. Um, And God knows what happens when you've gotten drunk and inebriated to the point of vomiting, right? Like what you have put inside of you has to come out. And I draw this metaphor because there's a lot of intoxicated people right now who have taken in way too much information and it's changed the way you move in the world. It's changed the way you talk. Um, and I think that, you know, we when you start to become so anxious at the news cycle that you become fearful and that you become paranoid, you know, I think there's a fine line, y'all, not just between being informed and being intoxicated, but between taking precaution and being paranoid. You know, I don't, I don't, I, do, I think that paranoia and that intoxication are clear signs and indications of spiritual unwellness because um, there's no way that that's sustainable. We don't know how long this is going to last. It is until further notice. It is not sustainable to be paranoid. You will freak yourself out. You will exhaust yourself if you don't have a limit for how much information you take in. I mean, for me personally, in the morning, you know, after I've done my morning spiritual practices, I, I scroll Twitter for the news. I get the latest updates on what's happening, you know, with COVID-19 globally. And then I look at what's happening in Georgia and then I call it a day on the news. Um, I don't, I still have work I have to do. And because of the nature of my work, I can't become intoxicated with anxiety. And many of us can't. And many of us, you know, God bless the people who 
as we call them now, who are frontline workers, who don't have a choice but to be immersed in, oh my God, immersed in the throes and the realities of the coronavirus. I'm thanking God right now. I'm thinking of medical professionals. I'm thinking of grocery store workers. I'm thinking of gas station workers. I'm thinking of people who have to deliver food. Um, I'm thinking about Amazon delivery people because we're all kind of surviving off of Amazon. I'm thinking of all these people, essential workers, as we're calling them, who are keeping our lives as close to normal as possible. I mean, and God blessed, I mean, specifically these medical professionals, doctors, nurses, EMTs, I mean, who, I, for lack, I mean, are for, straight up risking their lives <laughs> to carry out their call and their vocation of service um, to others. You know, God bless them. And we can pray for them. We can find ways to support them and sponsor their work and and underscore the importance of what they're doing. But if you are not in one of those positions, um, and maybe this is a privilege and a luxury to be able to turn the news off, but I truly believe it is a strategy for surviving this, this this experience, this era. This is a strategy for spiritual wellness. We gotta limit what we take in. A few more strategies um, for this time. One day at a time. And I'm lifting this up because this is my personal mantra. One day at a time. And I'm saying this is my mantra and I say this to myself every day because I am in, um, I am a planner. I am somebody who likes to plan. And I have a lot of, um, a lot of my peace of mind comes from my structure and my routines and my plans and my ability to plan things out. Um, and so to a certain extent, I've had to kind of reorient myself to the um, daily trend of uh, one change after the other, one cancellation after the other, one adjustment after the other, one having to do something differently after the other. And every day calls on new faith, new perseverance, new wherewithal to be able to face a day where anything can change from one moment to the next. And I literally have had to say to myself, I'll deal with tomorrow when tomorrow gets here. One day at a time. And um, I know a lot of people um, have taken... um, have have started making plans and routines for the day. And I've found that really helpful. I am not in it yet. I have to be honest because I'm still sort of in the whirlwind of trying to wrap my head around what happens, what's happening. Um, but I, I do, I do like the idea of being able to sit down one day soon and say, this is what my days are kind of looking like. This is, this is what's on my plate. Um, and making a, a daily routine of how I spend my time in my house. Um, 
And so one day at a time, y'all, one day at a time, I mean, we have to, I mean, I think the, if I could elaborate on one day at a time, it's, I would say that we have to be gracious with ourselves and patient with ourselves. You know, we're going through some major adjustments right now. And it's the adjustment to what's happening in the world. It's the adjustment to hearing every day the increased count of people who have been, who have tested positive for Corona. It's the, I mean, every day is different. And some days we really can't operate or function as we, we normally do. Um, for example, this week was the first week of telecommuting, teleworking that we had. And I know on several of those days that I just became so overwhelmed by the reality of my life that I just had to stop and take a nap. I mean, I just was like, okay, um, I'm working and there's there's no there's no footsteps of some students right outside my office. I'm working, I'm looking at my colleagues on a screen. Normally we would be sitting around a table like that's just it's a lot, y'all. And if there comes a day or when there comes a day when you know what, this is this is just a lot. I'm doing the best I can, but this is a lot. I need to ease up off myself. I need to step away for a second. You have to do it. Don't expect yourself to function at the level and at the rate that you were operating in before because we have experienced an incredible upheaval and we cannot possibly put that kind of pressure on ourselves to just keep going as if nothing happened. Show yourself some love and be gracious and patient with yourself in this process. It's part of the reason why I haven't sat down to make a daily calendar and a daily plan and set a daily routine because I'm like, you know what? I'm not there yet. I'll get there. I promise I'll get there, but I'm not there yet. And give yourself what you need. Do you need time with your family? Do you need, I mean, I'm loving the way community is happening. I uh a week ago like I danced all night uh, in club quarantine I thought that was such a beautiful 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 thing and I'm talking about that in the next episode in this little series um I'm talking about that more in the next episode but we got to give ourselves some some lightness and some joy and some levity and some dancing. I think it was Alice Walker who said that furious times call for furious dancing. Hmm. Which is why I think that club quarantine was the hit that it was because people need to get into their bodies and out of their heads. Um, and it's a furious time. So being part, part of being patient with ourselves means giving ourselves some joy that we might not have given to ourselves otherwise. And some tenderness. Sleep, water, walks outside. These are things that we can do for ourselves to say to ourselves, I'm being patient. I'm giving myself what I need. 
and prioritizing my wellness. And um, one of the final recommendations that I'll make for um, a strategy for spiritual wellness in this time is when things are shifting, keep your focus on what is fixed. And um, I did a Bible study earlier this week on Instagram Live for Sisters Chapel, and I shared some scriptures that I've been turning to that have really inspired me and really drawn my heart to God. And um, if whew, I don't, oof, I don't know how people are getting through this without faith in a higher power because. We're dealing with a virus that you can't see, but that lives on surfaces, they say, for up to like three to five hours or something like that. We're living and lives in the air that's airborne. Like, I mean, if I mean, the very fact that I believe that God is covering my life and covering my family and covering my community every day, like when I see certain people posting on on Facebook and Instagram, I'm just like, thank you, God. They're still here. Thank you, God, that you know my you are covering us. You're keeping us. You know, there's there's no reason why any of us are not positive. <laughs> like, I mean, considering how long they've said this has been a thing, this was a thing long before we took it seriously. Considering how many people we come in contact with every day. Like, you cannot tell me that God is not covering us and keeping us. And that is exactly what God's word says that God would do. I'll share these scriptures with you, right? Psalm 91. In the first verse, it says that whoever dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. And hold on, y'all. Let me pull the scripture up. Should have had this ready, but I have it right here. Song. Let me just read this to you all. Let me tell you, because Corona might be true, but ain't nothing truer than God's word, okay? Psalm 91, New Revised Standard Version. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide under the shadow of the Almighty, will say of the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For God will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. God will cover you with his feathers and under God's wings, you will find refuge. God's faithfulness is a shield and a rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in the darkness or the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come near to you. You'll only look with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Because you've made the Lord your refuge, the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, no scourge come near your tent. For God will command her angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. 
On their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. You'll tread on the lion and the serpent. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them. I will honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. Psalm 91. And um, I'm actually planning on doing an Instagram live um, either this week or next week to talk about spiritual disciplines um, to keep us while we're all quarantined. And so um, I just really believe in, uh, you know, we need a counter narrative. We need something else that we can gravitate to, that we can hold on to while we're being barraged by all this information. And to me, that is one of those counter narratives is scripture. And so this scripture in Psalm 91 is all about God's protection. It's all about the secret place. It's all about the angels watching over us. It's all about the varying and and um and 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 different ways and and the extent to which God will go to cover and to protect those who call upon God's name. Psalm 121, I lift up my eyes to the the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God will not let your foot be moved. God who keeps you will not slumber. God who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. For the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil and God will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. That is eight short verses all about God's keeping power. Another verse that I shared on the live uh, for the students was John chapter 14, verse 1. From the mouth of Jesus, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And if you stay prayed up, (laughs) I'm trying to tell y'all. The next scripture is um, 2 Chronicles 7, 13 through 16. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I forgive sin. Then will I heal the land. And now my eyes are open and now my ears are attentive um, to hear their prayers. You know, there's a there's an action, there's an exchange that happens there that if we pray, <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm by no means I'm not a conservative, I'm not a fundamentalist and I'm actually shuddering right now to bear witness to a lot of the leadership of religious so-called leaders who are still having church and you know still talking about, you know, don't be don't be don't be washing your hands. I mean, there's just so much bad leadership right now. Um I'm not I'm not one of those people. But I am 
I am attuned to the spirit. And I do know this, that prayer is necessary right now. We can make all the social commentary that we want to. We can be as outspoken about the failed leadership of this nation and we can do all that. But if we're not praying, I don't really know what hope we have. Praying for healing, praying for guidance, praying for covering and protection, praying for um, countries that have been ravaged by by this disease. I mean, and praying for for ourselves because the reality is, is yes, we all have these shared global concerns right now, but each and every last one of us also have the shit we're going through. You know, excuse my language, but you know, I... Life is still happening for so many of us. And if we're not praying, I'm trying to tell y'all, it is going to, we're going to be swept away. Anxiety, fear. I mean, many people out here already struggle with their mental health. Can, who can you imagine, you know, what this is like? And so we, we can all pray. I said this on the live as well, and I just truly believe that, that somebody, you know, you might not have money that you can donate. You might not have, you know, something that you can sponsor. You might not might not be able to match funds and match donations, but you can pray and you don't have to say anything complex. It can really just be, you know, help us, Lord. <laughs> Send your help. Send your spirit to hold us. Send your spirit to comfort those who are mourning, send your spirit to alleviate the pain of those who have tested positive for the COVID or whatever. Send your spirit to just be with us in this moment. Send your spirit to Italy. Send your spirit to Seattle. Send your spirit to New York City. Send your spirit to Los Angeles. Pray for these places and these people who may not, who who may just be going through it. We're all going through it, but there are some places and some people who are going through it harder. I just have to say that. And if nothing else, we can all stand in the gap. So spiritual disciplines and practices, um, being gracious with ourselves, being patient with ourselves, um, uh, practicing prudence with the news, being informed, but not intoxicated, um, leaning into our community, you know, however you do that. I love my friends and these virtual happy hours and everything, but I'll just say this much. Once this whole quarantine is lifted and, you know, we are free to move about again, there are some people I cannot wait to put my arms around. Um, and so I, I'm gonna just be out for no reason, y'all. Like, I'm gonna just be out and I'm gonna be looking cute too. Like, I like once this is over, whoo, I'm gonna be so ready. <laughs> um, and focusing on what is fixed, focusing on what is fixed, and that is God's word and God's presence and God's spirit, you know, whatever it takes for you to lean in, press into that presence. You know, we all have a little more time right now. We all have a little more space in our lives. And 
You know, some of us may want to use some of that time and space to get some professional development, take some online courses, learn a language. Some of us may want to take some of that time and space to take up a new hobby. Um, But, you know, while you're thinking about what to do with this extra, put some spiritual practice in there because we need God. And God is in our midst and God is with us. And there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Not even a global pandemic. So that being said, the next episode I want to talk about um, being the leaders that we need. You know, obviously there is a void at the national level um, in terms of leadership. Not just now, but for the last four years. Um And this is an opportunity for each of us, no matter our post, no matter our position, to rise up and become the leaders that we all need. So I'm going to be talking about that in the next episode. Um, And then again, I'm going to be scheduling an Instagram live from Modern Faith to share some space and some time and some coffee. Because, you know, y'all, I always have my cup of coffee when I'm with y'all. Do IG live on spiritual disciplines Um, for the quarantine life. So be on the lookout for that. All of that being said, I hope this was helpful. I'm really glad that we're back together again. And this was not what I had planned, but um, hey, you know, welcome to season two. Thanks for tuning in and um, I will catch you on the next episode. We've come to the end of this episode of Modern Faith. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you could, please take just a second to rate and subscribe to Modern Faith on all of your preferred podcasting platforms. And stay connected with us on Instagram and Twitter at Modern Faith Podcast. Thanks again. And until next time, keep the faith.